partnership is really coming to us and saying, Mark, we think the IT team is great, but at the end of the day, this is my baby that I started. I need to know that if you know our industrial control systems go down, that that's not going to impact the widgets that we're making. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Security Superpowers. My name is Steve Ramey, and I'll be your host through this theater of cyber masterpieces. Last week, we sat down with Erite's Mark Blanchard to discuss the state of the industry, where we learned about the most recent events surrounding the Microsoft Exchange Zero Day, major highlights throughout 2020, and expectations for 2021. Joining us today is Mark Schein co-chair of Marsh McLennan Agency's Cyber Center of Excellence. Marsh McLennan Agency partners with businesses to provide risk prevention and insurance services. Mark specifically focuses on risk prevention through cyber insurance. Mark, how are you today? Excellent. Thank you for having me, Stephen. Excited to be part of the show. Excellent. Yeah. You know, cyber insurance has been a, uh, a hot topic over the last uh, you know 10 or so years, and it comes even uh, hotter with the modern day threats all these businesses are facing. So, um, you know, happy to have you on to learn a little bit more about cyber insurance and how best it can help uh, businesses. Absolutely. So, Mark, can you tell me a little bit about your uh, your background and your current role, please? Sure. So um, I've been with Marsh McLennan Agency coming up on five years. Um, we are the middle market arm of Marsh McLennan Companies. So we help service middle market businesses uh, across the country. And I co-chair the cyber insurance practice for our organization nationally. And I have leadership responsibilities here locally in the Northeast region uh, for, for New York City. Excellent. And uh, who, I guess who's your clientele that you, you primarily focus with? Is it large businesses, small businesses, medium businesses? What's your... What's your primary focus? Sure. I would say we, we focus primarily in the upper middle market. So this is typically organizations with about a billion dollars in down in revenue, typically about a thousand employees or less. And again, focusing really in delivering those uh, best in class global resources and really delivering that local touch to the middle market that perhaps didn't see some of the resources that uh, Marsh McLennan companies could deploy. Excellent. Excellent. So did you intend to fall into the cyber insurance space? Is, is this what you, you went to school and, and you grew your career around? Or how did you, how did you happen to get into your, your current role? Sure. It, it, it's a great question. And um, I think I'm like most people in the insurance industry. When I was growing up, I didn't think I was going to be a, a certified insurance counselor, that's for sure. Really, you know, when I, um, uh, I was a business economics major in college, and I always found, you know, the way businesses operate fairly interesting. And you know, getting into uh, property and casualty insurance, I realized we really need to understand the way that the businesses are actually running. Um, and then once I was there, I said, you know, this is really interesting. I got into the business when I was 21 years old and uh, I was competing against guys with gray hair and, you know, lots of money and, and very nice cars and, and all that kind of good stuff. And I said, you know, how does a 21 year old compete with these gentlemen and, and, and ladies who have been in the business for you know, 20, 30, 40 years that have all this experience, that have all these connections. And I realized people were looking at me as the kid and they said, well, you know, kid, why, why would I want to work with you? And I realized that technology, people were looking to the kids to really help explain and, and really get a firm understanding on. So when I saw cyber insurance, I thought this could be a unique advantage for me to get a competitive uh, leg up on the competition and, you know, doing this, uh, 
10, 11 years ago was um, a blessing in disguise. Uh, really keeping the, uh, the stereotypes for the kids with technology uh, strong, aren't you? C- certainly are. You know, it's either you have to uh, try and uh, overcome the stereotype or you could play into it. And um, I really thought, you know, doubling down and, and having some expertise that folks in the industry uh, either didn't know or were scared to learn. You know, it's something new. And and obviously these folks have been doing this for quite a long time. And this was a completely new product and a new way of thinking. Uh, cyber insurance has both first and third party coverages uh, um, that are part of the program. And that's unlike any other type of product. So it's not like cyber insurance is, you know, very similar to workers comp or auto or crime. It, it is a unique beast. Uh, it, it certainly is. Um you know, knowing that, you know, that those uh, points you mentioned there, you think back, you know, there's hundreds of years of, of insurance information uh, to help underwrite risk and, and build, uh, you know, what is that historical aspect of, uh, of, the, of the insurance industry? But when you're talking about cyber, it's really only about what, say about 30 years of data, maybe 20 years of data. You're probably closer to 20. Yeah, that's nuts. But you did touch on another topic while you were, while you were talking there. Um, you know, my background's highly technical. I'm an instant responder. I lead engagements, help clients through a lot of the, the day-to-day when they, they suffer these breaches. Do you think your role would be an alternative career for someone like me where my technical background could help translate into um, you know, the insurance world? I, I'm really glad that you asked that question in 2021. Um, underwriting has changed dramatically. Um, we've seen a significant shift in re- the reinsurance marketplace as of January 1st, 2021, and has really dictated the way that the primary uh, marketplace is now underwriting risks. And what I would suggest, Stephen, is that there is a significantly greater focus um, this year on really the safeguards that the insured has in place and risk mitigation um, toys and tools that the um, leadership is either deployed or contemplating deploying in the foreseeable future. Carriers are much more interested in getting into the weeds and understanding what the insured uh, is currently doing to help mitigate a possible data incident. Um, Ransomware has just wreaked havoc on the cyber insurance industry, so much so that we actually, according to uh, Marsh USA's fourth quarter report, we actually saw from a primary layer standpoint about a 16.6% increase. And when we looked at the total program, it was about 17.2%, all things being equal uh, per an average uh, price per million. Uh, for a line of coverage. So when we think about this, I mean, these are significant increases. Organizations are seeing 17% increases on a line of on a line of coverage that they perhaps didn't budget for last year. And now, as we discussed, carriers are starting to underwrite to greater scrutiny. So what we're also seeing is the market hardening. So carriers are now willing to offer less capacity. So you need to get more carriers uh, effectively onto a risk if you're trying to build up a larger tower. So needless to say, the insurance marketplace is becoming, or the cyber insurance marketplace is hardening, but astute brokers are getting deals done and they're getting deals done well. So what I would suggest for your listeners, they strongly should, uh, I would strongly suggest that they work with somebody who is a subject matter expert within privacy and network security and not just a, a generalist when it comes to trying to procure a cyber insurance policy. Yeah, absolutely. Um there's a, you know, you touched on a, a pretty stellar point there that that ransomware has wreaked havoc on the industry. One thing that we saw a lot of last year was data exfiltration. And, and towards the end of the year, we saw a lot of harassment 
you know, some of these groups are starting to pick up the phone and harass these individuals, uh, their victims. Uh, so, you know, we just, we believe it's going to continue and just, you know, get worse with, with how this is going on. Uh, but yeah, no, you know, I, I asked because um, about the, uh, the, the level of technical abilities uh, that your team would need. Because, uh, you know, quite frankly, burnout is real in our profession, but where do you really use our skills outside of our profession? And so I was just curious if, uh, if you know, there'd be an alternative career for incident responders to join the insurance companies uh, to help them with identification of risk, um, you know, looking at it more of the technical aspect of uh, your clients to really help narrow in the, the underwriting, what level of risk is there. Um, to establish those premiums. Absolutely. And what I would also say is some carriers are now bringing that incident response piece in-house. So, you know, if you were looking to advise some of these carriers, there may be an opportunity for an incident response expert, uh, whether it on your team or one of your listeners, um, if that was um, an area that they were interested in exploring. Excellent. Excellent. So I know you kind of, you touched on it a little bit, but, you know, how does a how does the Marsh McLennan agency and yourself, you know, directly uh, help th- help your clients both proactively and reactively with with cyber challenges? Oh boy, that that's a great question. Um, so, how do we help organizations? Really, uh, we take a very holistic approach when we're talking about cyber risk. Of course, we can help broker the policy, negotiate the best terms and conditions, make sure that the client has the best price, uh, the best coverage at the best possible price. I'd say that's one of the easier parts of the program. Really where I feel like the value that Marsh McLennan Agency brings to the table is when we're looking at cyber risk and we're, we're talking to the leadership team from a holistic standpoint. And really what we're talking about is from a technology standpoint, what have you done from a pre-breach infosec? Have you done any type of phone scans? Have you done any type of data classification? From a legal standpoint, what kind of incident response plan, disaster recovery plans, business continuity plans are in place? And then connecting them with law firms and forensic firms just like Arte. And then putting our insureds effectively in your hands to help make sure that your organization can really do the right job in helping our insureds identify where they may be vulnerable. Because as you had mentioned, burnout is real. And in the middle market, these organizations don't necessarily have full-blown infosec teams or risk management teams. And when we look at the Coveware most recent report, about what, 60, 65% of organizations that were getting hit were anywhere from 11 to 1,000 employees. So when we're really looking at the middle market, it is a large uh, threat vector. Yeah, that, that's too true. Um, you know, what we've seen, uh, these, you know, to your point about the resources, you know, the, these companies in that middle market maybe have an in-house IT staff of four or five people. Some maybe have one or two, and then they, they leverage managed services to offset you know, uh, a lot of uh, the heavy lifting with, with their IT. So when we respond, the in-house IT team is already burnt out. The MSP is scrambling for resources, both personnel, as well as you know, physical computing resources to get to their clients uh, just to help them uh, stabilize their systems and, and get their their IT operations to somewhat of a productive state just to keep that business running. So you had actually mentioned something, you know, talking about in-house and and I just want to take a moment to to chat about the Cyber Resiliency Network, which Arite is part of. Um, Marsh McLennan Agency and our Cyber Center of Excellence have recently put together something that we called Cyber Resiliency Network. 
And effectively, it was leading forensic firms and leading law firms that we've identified where effectively they were willing to provide our insureds with an enhanced service over and above that our insured would get if they just engaged with the forensic, uh, with the provider directly through the carrier. So again, all things being equal, being a Marsh uh, uh, agency insured, they would get an enhanced uh, InfoSec service and or uh, data breach coach counseling service coming through Marsh McLennan agency rather than going through any particular carrier. So it's something that we're very excited about. We feel like this is going to really change the industry, frankly, um, given the fact that there's such an increased focus in underwriter scrutiny, partnering with InfoSec teams that can really help our insureds get a firm understanding of where they currently are and where they need to be uh, over the next 12 months, 24 and 36 months, and really creating a, a, a sound strategy, we feel is going to help our insureds uh, not only become better risks, but become more sustainable organizations going forward. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the resiliency uh, network is really aimed at, at meeting clients before um, you know something occurs, because uh, really it's, it's a matter of when uh, they're already a target. It's really a matter of when they get breached. And so the idea with the, the network here to build is to provide access to pre-breach services, meaning um, you know, a breach meaning you've had you've ex- the clients experienced unauthorized access. Um, pre-breaches, we want to meet you before then, and we want to verify your systems are set up legitimately, that you have adequate protections in place, uh, just so that we minimize the impact if a breach were to occur. We minimize the impact that breach will have within your data and your business operations. Because again, it's it's not just clients are um, affected by unauthorized access. It's not just you know your 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 computer downtime. It's loss of productivity. It's business operations interruptions, and then there's you know a whole downstream aspect of you know public relations when uh, when clients and the public basically find out about the uh, the event. So really, the idea is to meet us uh, earlier in the process, have us come vet the systems, verify that there's enough security in place so that one, an issue could be detected as early in the event lifecycle as possible. And then two, provide, you know, as much reassurance that enough security steps are being taken to uh, to prevent any uh, future type of attacks. Absolutely. And you hit on really, I think, two, two important points here is the business interruption piece is becoming very problematic. And when an insured engages with the providers uh, directly prior to the event, oftentimes we'll find the remediation of the incident can be cut down if the provider or the InfoSec provider understands the insured's network prior to the data incident. So again, certainly um, would encourage your listeners to engage with the InfoSec team prior to the incident, really because business interruption could really be uh, significantly mitigated if the providers understand the way that the network is currently designed. And then you touched upon um, supply chain. Supply chain is becoming an ever-increasing issue within cyber risk. We've seen um, large claims within manufacturing with regards to supply chain. And really now you're starting to see the insurance marketplace start to push back a little bit and really try and get a better either understanding of the risk that they're underwriting to and or charging a larger premium and or sublimiting the coverages. So there's really, we need to really kind of be very mindful when we're talking about supply chain because it does become uh, fairly nuanced and we want to make sure that we have full limits and things of that nature when available. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the more we think about it, um, it's not just the, these breaches are not just limited to, you know, some unauthorized actor gaining access. It's really 
affecting the business in its entirety, the 360 degree view of that business and anything that can get interrupted pretty much does get interrupted, especially when you're, you're focused on, you know, ransomware. So certainly anything we can do up front to, to help mitigate that and alleviate a lot of the downstream burdens, you know, we really should focus on that. And um, that's the whole idea behind the, uh, the resiliency network. So Mark, uh, knowing that your team is on the front lines working with, with their insureds, what are some of the observations your team's making within, you know, the cybersecurity industry? Yeah, again, great, great question. Um, when we look at really cyber right now, I would say I, I can break it down into really four categories of where I feel like MMA is really making a difference um, within cyber risk. You know, first is the rapiding, hardening cyber insurance marketplace. So coverage is becoming more difficult to procure. Coverage is becoming more expensive to procure. And carriers are willing to offer less of it. That's the first piece. So really navigating that and making sure that our clients have best in terms, uh, best in breed terms and conditions, and of course, best in beer pricing. So, so we want to make sure that that's first bullet. Second bullet, there's really, and we've spoken about this throughout the podcast, there's really been a, a, a significant increase in middle market underwriter scrutiny when we're taking a look at these uh, middle market businesses. So an organization can't look at their cyber insurance policy and just say, well, I have cyber insurance. I don't need to do any uh, proactive threat intelligence. That's just not the case anymore. The insurance marketplace is no longer letting uh, bad risk just get away with transferring the liability without any taking any A, either exposure or B, um, any safeguards that they currently need to deploy or haven't deployed uh, to date. So there's really kind of, a, a an, again, an increased focus in what the underwriters are looking for. Our insureds are really looking to become better risks. So now we have insureds. Leadership is really coming to us and saying, Mark, you know, we think the IT team is great. They tell us everything's under control. But at the end of the day, this is my baby that I started and or my grandfather started. I need to know that if you know, our industrial control systems go down, that that's not going to impact the widgets that we're making. And oftentimes we talk about the way that they're able to actually make revenues. And this is, a, again, a business interruption conversation that we, you know, start to oftentimes explore together. And then the fourth is really, I feel like partnering with organizations like Arite, who specialize in middle market and are connected to the insurance industry in such a way, really helps add value to MMA because, you know, again, being able to deploy best in class resources, both from an infosec standpoint and from a legal standpoint, from a pre-breach we really feel like this is um, a unique offering that all things being equal, forgetting the insurance, this is just best practices that the insured should be thinking about. And if they haven't thought about it, well, we can help them, again, create tabletops and things like that. And if they do have policies and procedures and they have thought about this, well, then we can review what they currently have and perhaps improve or tighten up what's currently in place. So it's really a win-win for the insured. And I suspect that other uh, other carriers will start to try and mimic what we had created. And I'm sure there'll be copycat brokers at some point that try and copy what we created. But I'm, I'm excited to be the first to really launch this uh, unique initiative. And I'm glad that Arite is a part of it. Yeah, we're absolutely glad to be part of it as well. Our focus, you know, from Arite's perspective, our focus is to help organizations uh, prepare for and respond to cyber threats differently. You know, we want to transform that way. And, and we think it's antiquated to be able to say, uh, we suffered a breach and we're responding to it. You know, we really want to look at the lessons learned from all the breaches that we see. You know, we've investigated over thousands of various unauthorized access. 
And we have data points that drill very deep into uh, organizations, um, their sizes, the way their, their IT teams are set up, the technologies they use. And so we want to be able to use that and hand that to, to your team and say, you know, this is what we're seeing from a trend standpoint. If any of your clients match this type profile, they're at a very high risk area of falling victim to a breach. Um, and so Arite's perspective is exactly what you've mentioned. We want to help transform the way organizations prepare for and respond. Um, to, your, to your point, um, you know, we do have that managed detection and response service, uh, which, which falls within that resiliency network. Uh, we use that for threat hunting. We use that to um, gather up metrics and basically say, you know, these are where the gaps are in, in your organization. And this is how, you know, this is how we can prevent, prevent and protect from, you know, cyber threats. As far as like pre-breach services, traditionally, from, from what I understand, cyber insurance usually covers the, the cost if a breach occurs. Uh, are you seeing cyber insurance providers cover pre-breach type services? Yeah, so it, uh, it depends on the, the pre-breach service that's being offered. Something like a, a full-blown pen test probably wouldn't be covered under cyber insurance policy, but things like phone scans, uh, data classification type exercises. Yes, carriers are now starting to offer that. Oh, I shouldn't say start. Carriers have been offering it. Rather, the uptick is really not where the uptake in the, the ratio, depending on the carrier, and I'm not, you know, I'm not speaking for any one carrier, nor uh, am I quoting anyone's statistics. So this is uh, kind of an off the off the cuff number, but from the conversations that I've had, um, most carriers feel like they have about a seven to ten percent uptick in the pre-breach services um, that are currently being offered to their insureds. So we suspect that that number is going to continue to trend up as insureds look to increase their cyber maturity. And with brokers like MMA that are now increase or uh, pushing this type of service to our insureds, we suspect that number should increase as well. So the answer is yes, some carriers are covering the pre-breach services. Consequently, they're not too excited with the amount of insureds that are currently taking up those pre-breach services. So I think having things like this that get awareness out there to the marketplace and, you know, you speaking to your clients and us speaking to our clients, I think is a, a win-win for the uh, for the industry. Excellent. So, so pretty much uh, it's policy dependent. Uh, check with your broker uh, to see if those services are covered, right? Absolutely. All right. So, you know, Knowing kind of like what we've talked about with the resiliency network that uh, MMA and Arite are are jointly pursuing, understanding a little bit more about proactive and reactive observations that that your team has made through the industry, you know what would be some of the recommendations that you could share with with our listeners uh, to help them prepare for and respond to their cyber threats? Sure. Um, so really, I guess the first question or first recommendation would be is, have you spoken to legal counsel about what your uh, possible regulatory responsibilities are, as well as your first party uh, possible responsibilities? Have you created an incident response plan? Do you have a disaster recovery? Do you have a business continuity? Kind of getting an understanding of where they are from that scenario. If they have it, great, let's review it. If they don't, well, we need to have some documents created. Once we have legal counsel engaged, typically we would want to get forensics involved, uh, let you guys do your, um, again, your pre-breach services, making sure that we understand what the insured's net network looks like from an external, uh, extrus not an intrusive standpoint, rather an ex uh, external perspective. Um, once we get an idea of really what the, the technology posture is and the policies and procedures, 
then we can talk to leadership about going out, you know, thinking about procuring cyber insurance. But in the marketplace today, uh, looking at 2021, I think it would be a disservice to any insured for their broker just to go out and get an application and start getting uh, quotes for insurance. I I just don't think that that's going to position them in the best light possible. We really feel by having these onboarding calls and really getting an understanding of where the insured is from an overall cyber maturity standpoint, that allows us to help better position them in the marketplace. Um, So really, again, getting an understanding of where they are from policies and procedures and a technology standpoint before we go out and we start talking about insurance or the way that we want to tailor the policy. Because we... All of this might depend or change the way that we tailor the policy. And as you know, there is no standardization within cyber insurance. So these policies are very customized. So we can do a lot of manuscripting within the program. So, you know, it would be a disservice to the insurer just to take, and and there is no standard cookie cutter product. So I'm, I'm, you know, but to take something that's an off the shelf that, you know, a carrier is willing to provide versus having a broker manuscripted to actually meet your tailored needs. I suspect that's probably the biggest piece of advice that I can really have for your insureds and if you're um, for your listeners. And if your listeners don't feel comfortable, you know, with the current representation um, or doesn't feel that they understand the cyber insurance marketplace, I mean, myself or the team at Marsh McLennan Agency would be happy to chat with them, um, whether they take their the advice and they bring it to their current representation or they decide that they don't feel comfortable anymore and they want to bring it back to MMA and have us place the business you know, we'd be happy to do that as well. Excellent. I appreciate all the the recommendations there. Uh, I did just want to clarify, you know, we've been talking about meeting legal teams and meeting forensics teams. The insurance policies have a, a predefined list of, of those legal teams and, and forensics teams, right? It, again, it depends on the carrier. Um, some carriers have an open panel, which means that they're allowed to use different providers um, and that they wouldn't have an issue as long as they meet the certain specs through the underwriter you know, the rate makes sense for uh, the forensic provider has done a significant amount of uh, uh, pre and post breach work, things of that nature. I'm not sure if that answers your question. Uh, yeah, no, I, was, I was just thinking, um, I was thinking, I guess, how would then I'm, I'm thinking if we can clarify that you guys have those pre-built relationships that you could introduce the clients to. Does that make sense? Right. And that's that's part of Cyber Resiliency Network is, you know, when these carriers have so many different panel providers on the list. They might give me a list of 20 different names, and then my insured is asking me for a list of panel provider, uh, you know, a list of panel providers. And then we either have to give them the list from the carrier, or now we share with them the cyber resiliency network. And again, this is a smaller list of pre vetted uh, firms that have been vetted by MMA and pre negotiated. So, you know, it really depends on who the carrier is and the way that the policy is structured. Because again, some carriers will have that open panel and other carriers will have the closed panel. Regardless if the the panel is open or closed, it would be my recommendation for the insured to engage both the forensics and the legal firm to understand who they are, who the team that would they would be working with may be, and again, to identify anything that the insurer could do prior to the incident that would help remediate or um, lessen uh, the severity of the, um, the incident when, when the, um, the data incident does occur. Perfect. All right, before we, uh, before we wrap this up, any, any points you want to uh, address, talk about? Anything we didn't raise? You know, I, I think that we really touched upon a lot from the holistic in, uh, nature from CRN. 
to the way that, you know, engaging with the providers within Cyber Resiliency Network, to the way that we would approach the marketplace, to then making sure that we have the providers that are going to help respond our insureds uh, should the incident occur. We've spoken about the way that the marketplace is hardening. We've spoken about the need for really the, the collaboration. You know, I, I would say for, for your listeners on this particular podcast, if they're interested in, in hearing more about the cyber insurance industry, you could certainly check out our podcast at Chatting Cyber, uh, C-H-A-T-T-I-N-N, uh, cyber, C-Y-B-E-R.com. And we typically release a podcast every two weeks. Um, and it's, it's my show and, and, you know, have all different types of guests. We had actually your CEO, uh, Joe Mann on uh, several months ago. Uh, Joe was a great guest and, um, you know, it might be uh, something interesting for, for your listeners. But um, Steve, I really appreciate you having me on. I think that we covered a lot today and uh, looking forward to uh, joining the show in uh, a few months. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd like to thank you for, for joining us as well. You know, um, when we think about cyber insurance, you know, it's we think of it sometimes to offset the risk, but really what 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 I've learned, what, what I hope our listeners are taking away is that it's not just about offsetting risk, but it's also about the network that, that it provides. Um, so, so Mark, you know, I do appreciate the, the time today. Uh, we do look forward to having you back. Thank you for your time, Stephen, and uh, appreciate it. And thanks for all the work that you and Arate are doing to uh, help our community safe. Likewise. Thank you.